0: yeah that was always that was always planned to put those there, but it was definitely encouraged by um one uh particularly annoying regular who just complained <laughs> about it every single time so now I give her shit every time that she puts her puts her coat on the stool next to her rather than on the hook I'm like not using the hooks you know three <laughs>
1: Welcome to another episode of the to Jackson Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jackson, and today, uh, podcast number three for today. It's been a pretty uh, a big day. We're at Inham North Brewing in Brunswick East West.
0: No, just Brunswick. Normal old Brunswick, yeah.
1: Brunswick with uh, Zach Skerritt. How are you, mate?
0: Yeah, good man. How you doing? You're good mate. I'm not on podcast three, so I'm doing all right. I just cheers. Been running around doing deliveries all day. Cheers, man. Yeah. <sighs> That's good. Thanks, man. That's yeah, good. that's a that's a zero accolades. Yeah, just a uh, a new hazy we just put out.
1: Yeah, I love a hazy. I'm a slut for a hazy. I don't know if you can say that term <laughs> anymore, but yeah, no, nah, lovely, lovely. And what I need at two thirty-five in the mor- uh, in the <laughs> afternoon timestamp, nineteenth of May, um, just before we really get into things, can you give listeners a bit of a, a rundown as to who you are and what you do?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm basically the uh, the owner and head brewer here. Uh, I was. Uh, I'm the only owner, so it was a one-man show getting set up. And uh, in the early days, I did everything. And uh, these days, I'm uh, still the head brewer and, and scheduling brews. But I've got a got my brewer Jimmy that does a lot of the hard work. And, apprentice, so uh, uh, he wasn't a, he wasn't an apprentice, but he's he's graduated from assistant brewer to brewer, well so enough. he can he can. He can handle the shop on his own these days, which is great. Yeah, awesome. Let's me take holidays.
1: <laughs> That's what you need, eh?
0: Yeah. And then uh, front of house, we've got uh, Liz as a venue manager who you've met. Um, yep. So she does a good job on that side of things. So, uh, so. I'm basically head brewer, admin, and uh, sales rep and delivery driver these days. Yep. Yeah. So
1: good. Uh, what made you uh, want to switch, make the switch, obviously, from structural engineering to beer? I've done a bit of homework on you.
0: All right, yeah. Research the background. <laughs> what did you find? Oh, uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so, uh, I mean, I mean, we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier about uh, yeah. wanting to uh, follow a dream and do something that you're passionate about. That's it. You, 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 uh, the one thing you can't buy back later on in life is time. Yeah. Um, but basically, like, I mean, structural engineering was all right. It was, had its, its benefits. It allowed me to work in a few different countries and uh, get a little get, get visas wherever I wanted to go to a degree, and that was really good. But uh, I, I kept trying, I kept basically needing a break from it. I'd go off and travel for a big spell and then come back to it and then get tired of it quicker than the time before. And I kept, then I'd have another long break and I kept convincing myself, I ought to be all right this time. And um, last time around, I was like, I was pretty sure I was going to get tired of it pretty quickly, and just
1: burnout or you weren't interested. It wasn't
0: a combination of uh, it was it was a little combination of lots of things. One, it was I didn't like the day to day work I was doing, um, yeah. which at the time was doing a lot of work on a lot of the less than ideal uh, apartment buildings that are springing up everywhere in Melbourne. Yeah. I did a lot of the structural design on those, and they're not exactly uh, inspiring projects to work on. Um, so that was one aspect of it. Also, I was just looking at my boss, and I'm like, I don't want his job one day. Like, I don't really see myself doing that. And there's other a- sides of the field you could go into, but, um, but what really just, let the last straw was basically like, I was going to need, my, my, I got my degree in um, the UK actually, and uh, the recognition of it changed shortly after I finished university. So I was gonna have to, instead of doing a bunch of like continuing professional development, I was gonna have to go do a master's degree. Uh. And uh, I wasn't yeah. a, wasn't a, wasn't a, a permanent resident or a citizen at the time. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to spend two to three years of my life doing studying part time and racking up a big tuition bill for something I'm not really enjoying. Um, so yeah, so I'm like, well, I need to do something else. And I definitely didn't leap into, leap into opening a brewery. Like, uh, it was a, something i had in the back of my mind for years really yeah yeah so uh, so i lived here for a couple of years working as an engineer and then i left for for a year and a half um and then when i came and i was i sort of had the dream implanted and it was when i came back and like a month in i'm like yeah no i gotta i gotta have to do this but i i uh i like you know took like an easter break instead of you know it was like an eat one of those one of those years where easter and anzac day kind of we're close, close together. together, so you could take a few days off work and get a ten-day holiday. And, and usually, yeah, yeah. I'd go and do something fun, like go on a climbing trip, or or go for a long hike, or something, or or fly somewhere else and, and go have a good time. But one one Easter, I just uh, stayed in Melbourne and hooked, emailed a bunch of breweries and asked if I could come brew for a day and chat with them and hang out and that kind of thing. And yep. got some got some responses from that and did that. So that was uh, I actually uh, was there uh, in before before. Before the official launch on Good Beer Week, I was there, I brewed with uh, the, guy, the Moondog guys in the uh, Moondog OG. Mindo, uh, well, before no. Before, not even on the big, I think, I don't think they were even on the big system yet. I think they were just brewing single kegs for Good Beer Week. Gee whiz. But yeah, they were one of the guys, and then Coinda as well, um, who has changed ownerships a few times, but they're over in, I think, Heidelberg. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then traveling, I, I, want, I would swing by breweries uh, kind of as I passed them, and yeah. uh, like the you like outside of places like like basically brewers are pretty welcoming if they know that you're like very interested and they'll legitimate they'll spend an hour giving you a tour and making you try all their beers and then yeah. you end up getting drunk with them that night and <laughs> like it's, it's, it, was, it was' an enticing industry to be to to, to want to get and into. That's the
1: thing too like even though microbreweries hold such a small segment in the market, there's almost like that cult mentality like the sense of community is insane mm. Insane the the collaborations that can come up. You know the people are welcoming, as you said. Uh, I know one of your uh, co-workers is setting up the uh, the laneway at the moment. Yeah, Obviously, Joe's, Joe's setting up
0: our beer street right now. Yeah, yeah.
1: the beer street, uh, and it's it's good. You know,
0: mm. like
1: you can the fact that you're able to talk to the owner, the brewer. You know, however many uh, umbrellas you hold. <laughs> On a Friday afternoon yeah. after knockoffs, it's it's pretty good. Like you can't do that if you were, you know, drinking a VB or who's the uh, head of CUB, you know what I mean? Like mm. it's, yeah, it's good. And the sense of community around it, the collaborations, which has been a massive thing today whilst being in Melbourne, um, which probably sort of ties into the third question is how do you engage with the local community and are there any events or collaborations that you participate in?
0: Uh, like general community or like yeah, brewing just community?
1: Gen- oh, general yeah. community, brewing community.
0: We try to get in as, we try to, we try to be as involved as possible. Like it's one of those things where you kind of need to wait for people to come to you to a degree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to, you can't, you can't force people to be uh, collaborative, but, um, but yeah, so we've, we, we have a few long, long relationships with a few local community groups. So we've got, um, seeds, uh, community gardens down the road. Yep. And they're part of the Milparinka Foundation, and so they they work with people who are uh, intellectually challenged. Sure, I think that's the way you're supposed to say it these days. Yes. Um. And so they they've they've got a community garden that they do as part of that foundation, and so they they come and pick up pick up some of our spent grain every week.
1: Was that what we just saw? Before? No,
0: that was that was Farmer Pete. Ah, uh, so Farmer, Farmer Pete, Pete. Farmer Pete. You know, that's a you know he's a salt of the earth. Uh, Ozzy Battler, right there at Farmer Pete. He, he's got a farm up in the uh, Bacchus Marsh area. Yeah, right. So just up the road. Um, so he, he started picking up grain for um, Gospel Whiskey, used to be across the street from us in that driveway that you can see. Um, and uh, so he, he started coming to pick up for them. And so he started picking from us as well. And now he picks up for three breweries in the area the, the Four Pines, Welcome to Brunswick Slate, and also co conspirators around the corner. So, yeah, wow. Well. So he picks up our grain. But we always save a few bags for, for the community garden. So they need some of that more drier material to kind of balance out their compost. Sure, um, and they're also really good for getting getting rid of like loads of hops and stuff, uh, rather than it going to landfill, going to compost. Um, but they also, they've also recently started um, giving us like uh, one of one of their one of their uh, clients is um, she's likes making iced tea, and we one one of the little things we do here that we've always done is we've got free uh, sparkling water and iced tea on tap that you can just help yourself to, and so we've started she started bringing over over little herb packets or fruit or like fruit packets to make tea with yeah wow, and so we put it on tap and occasionally for them, yeah, so that's one thing and then we've got like a we've got like a cool uh, running group that's been that uh, we're the the main home base for every Friday afternoon the running group yeah they're called northside collective yeah wow so they're they're all about forming connections to the local community and they've shared the love a little bit um, around the area because sometimes we're not always occasionally have a private function on Friday on a Friday night so They've been to Foreigner Brewery down the road as well. Um, and Coke and Spears a couple of times. And I think they've been to Gale Street, which is a newer one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they meet up every Friday and go for a run. Um, but also just, like, just little things. Like, the it's just it's all about the regulars that come in, right? That's so, it. like, one of, the, one of the long-term regulars is, I always call him Matt the Cheese Guy, but he, he runs uh, Cornelius Cheese. I don't know if you've heard of it. I know you're a cheesemaker. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but he runs, he runs it's mostly online, but he's... Uh, He's a cheese guy, and so we do like cheese pairings with him pretty regularly. And uh, I think we're gonna have a raclette table set up this winter. Um, Yeah, and that kind of thing.
1: Goes hand to hand with uh, your darker beers for sure.
0: But yeah, and we get the (laughs) the usual stuff. Like you get regular emails from like the schools in the area who are doing the trivia fundraisers and something or other, and they want a couple of slabs. So you chuck them a couple of slabs and, you know, things like that. It's
1: uh, as much as I applaud community, I Mm. don't know how I feel about running on a Friday afternoon. (laughs)
0: <laughs> mm. Well, it's it's actually a really There's good. It's almost
1: wa- the cutoff. It's
0: hard. Like if you if you if you were if you were knocking off at four, it'd be really hard to make it till I think this, the the run starts at about six. Oh no, nah. they're usually back by about oh, five forty-five, I think, and they're back about six thirty. 30 I was actually hoping to squeeze it in today. We'll see how I go. Yeah, but right. uh, <laughs> um, I tried to,
1: pre-workout uh, that you drink. I'm, I'm all right. One
0: one pint with a few hours, it's fine. But, uh, um, but yeah, I try to I try to run with them once a month. Um, and then, uh, like, we, the, we, had, we had the Aussie beer, miler, Aussie beer Mile crew here last Saturday.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know if you've heard of them. So, have you, do you know what a beer mile is? Is that where you got to drink
1: a beer no. at every pub in the mile?
0: No, no. It's, uh, it's done on, like, an athletics track. Like, it's done at, a, like, a tr- like, a proper yeah, athletics 400 track. Yeah, 400-meter. Yeah. And so you, you basically scull a beer, run 400 meters, scull a beer, run oh, 400 he's meters. A, I skull of, do that. So you do four of those.
1: I, uh, not many people know this. I'm getting my ankle operated on next Tuesday. I've ruined a few uh, tendons, workplace injury. It's all good. Yeah. But back in my fitter days, Mm. I represented uh, my school in the 3K run.
0: Nice.
1: I got lapped by an Ethiopian (laughs) fellow at the Victorian State Championships. He was, I think, three seconds off the Commonwealth Games qualifying time. It was an under-21 event. 3Ks takes a bit of time. Mm. I ran it in 10 minutes, 20 seconds.
0: That's fast.
1: Now I'm, I'm five foot six and I'm a chunky boy. So <laughs> you, mate, I, I had a bit of momentum behind of, me. Don't worry of, about that. bit of that, momentum getting you across the line. <laughs> oh, don't worry about that, Zach. Oh, that's oh, a, mate. no, that's
0: a quick time. That's so, be, that'd be like yeah. three minute, three minute 40 or something, yeah. a kilometer, or something yeah, like three that. Three minute 40. Yeah. Yeah. It's very but, fast.
1: Uh, back to the beers. <laughs> um, I'd love to join your running club if I ever move down to Melbourne. Um, what makes the brewery unique compared to others in the area?
0: Um, well, what you were, a, a few a few different things. So, like one of the things you were talking about earlier is you know if you can't go and have a drink with the owner of VB, and that's becoming less and less common at even the at the micro, the micro breweries group, around especially Melbourne, especially
1: when they're becoming acquired by bigger conglomerates.
0: Yeah, so some of the bigger boys that you know like they're they're run like and some of them are you know doing partnerships with big hospitality groups now yep. and so and and also it I mean. It's it's unfair to ask every brewery to have a brewer around every night during the week because usually if once you, once you're doing well enough you need to have a lot more early starts and you have late finishes you know it's, that's the exactly. hardest thing to replace um, but uh, but yeah you get a lot of the a lot of the it's a lot of like so like like Four Pines Welcome to Brunswick like they do some great beers and like it's a nice venue but uh all the brewers clock off at a certain time nobody's around the bars there's a disconnect between them and the bar staff they won't know anything about the beers and and then you got the bigger boys like in there's a few of them floating around in you know Collingwood and Abbotsford um that you just there's just there's a huge it's run more like a hospitality venue than a brewery yeah so I'd say what's unique about us is one like the brewing area is fully on display it's not behind a glass wall and you get that in a few places um we we try to keep it really casual here. One of the things I really, one of the things I was really adamant on was having bar seating around the bar. It's not set up yet, but we've got like a what I call the cheers section. Yeah, and around. I love the
1: hooks, the attention to detail of the hooks. So if you've got a coat and you want to take the coat off, you can stick it underneath the uh, bar area on the patron side.
0: Yeah, that was always that was always planned to put those there, but it was definitely encouraged by um, one uh, particularly annoying regular who just complained <laughs> about it every single time. <laughs> So now I give her shit every time that she puts her puts her coat on the stool next to her rather than on the hook. I'm like, not using the hooks, you know. <laughs> What's wrong? But yeah, I'd say I'd say that what what, what unique one of the, the you, there's a few things that make us unique. But like, I think what I've I've always aspired to make Inner North, if the the local brewery I would want to have if I were just the punter. Thank you so yeah make an
1: environment that you would love if you're on the other side of the bar
0: yeah exactly so i don't like one of the things i we value here is like everything is brewed on site we don't we don't get anything brewed off site so all the beer that's here is made by either me or jimmy and sometimes with the hand of one of the bar staff who come and help us out either either to to give them a few extra hours if they need them or or because they're super keen to learn more about the process where we try to try to make room for that yep um and we have 12 taps is very intentional because if you have more, I feel like if you have less than that, you're, you're not going to be able to present a wide enough range to a wide enough people. Um, but if you have more than that, you're you kind of, you go, from, you, go from curating, you go from curating to catering. And the last thing I want to do is if you've got 30 taps, you feel like you've got to have everything on all the time yeah. to make everyone happy. And I don't really want to do that. I want to sort of curate a list of... Of, so there's a nice range and that it wrote uh, my, my, our, my, the main aspiration is to make those the seasonal beers rotate more quickly as opposed to getting more taps sure so that when someone's coming in there's always something new um, but yeah bar, like the bar scene at the bar I think is the main thing because our, all our bartenders are or people you'd want to have a chat with and who want to have a chat with you and we've got a um, we've got a very very successful 100 pint club here
1: I saw that I'm seeing the names on yeah. the uh, seating well done
0: It's definitely not an original idea like we like we if, if we we're inspired by Rain- the rainbow hotel in fitzroy but because they've got a one-on-one club but um but yeah it's been very popular and so like you get a 200 pints you get your plaque and you get a drink from a bigger pint glass for the rest of your life and Not bad and so we've got oh, we got well over a thousand people in that and gee whiz I, like i think we're at like 130 graduates or something like that and um we started the 250 pint club and so quite a few people have finished that and the staff get involved in it as well so it's good fun it kind of it's kind of a good little contract cuz one it helps it helps the bar staff know everyone's name because it, sure. it's we've got a real real high tech system of index cards so you come to the bar you remind, when you just start it you might have to remind oh yeah I'm I'm uh, I'm Joe Scott or whatever you know yeah, like yeah. Um, so it helps bar staff remember the name and then uh, it just, it's just sort of like a bit of a contract of like you're going to come for 100 pints because like you have as much time as you want to do it but like yeah. you're going to get to know us and once you finish your 100 pints, you're going to be, like, a lifetime regular. Yeah. Um, and so we'll have a, t- a chance to get to know you. You'll have a chance to get to know us. And I at the end it. of it, like, yeah. So we do some special stuff for, for them as well. Like, we have a bit of, a, bit of an end-of-a-year party for them. And, yeah, right. Yeah, and, um, and uh, we've got some merch coming out for them at some point, if we when I can get around to it. Oh, but, yeah. uh yeah.
1: What makes, uh, like, your brewery range uh, and the beers that you produce – what uh, signature of flagship beer would you uh, stand behind?
0: This one's tough. Um, definitely the one that is the – there's different ways to approach this. Like, like the beer I'm drinking right now, the Burnout, the Smoky Dark Lager, this is, this is why I started a brewery because I get to brew the beer I want to drink.
1: That was the one I tasted in the uh, taste out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it takes the- me back to Sakita
1: Meats, Geelong West. <laughs> that butcher shot was incredible. Bruno, mate, uh, in memory, mate, I will have you in my mind for the rest of my life. That's straight, like, that's bacon smoke. That's incredible that beer.
0: It's a it's a really good malt that's uh it's manuka it's manuka wood smoked uh, malt from from yeah. New Zealand and so it just it just it's very savory like that's you said like with a, honeyness, like a like honey the, bacon the honey, as opposed yeah, to as opposed sure. to like a peaty ashtray type smokiness. 100%. Um so it just really works with the other malts we've used in it really nicely and like I that's it's I first the first time I brewed it, I brewed it for me, and then it turned out to be popular enough that I'm like, well, I can justify brewing this pretty uh, pretty regularly. Yeah. and the um,
1: lemongrass seems to be fairly popular. Yeah,
0: too. so when life gives you lemongrass, is uh, probably the, it's it's the it's definitely the most widely outside of the brewery, the most widely distributed one, sure. and regularly one of the top top performers at the bar. Yeah. So that's a um, that's a, uh, a, lemon, a lemongrass uh, rice ale we call it. Um, yep. So it's it's it's, tw- it's not it's twenty percent rice. Um, so it's got a very crisp, dry body. And then we use, also use a little bit of ginger in it. And so it's, it's designed, it was originally brewed for a um, Vietnamese restaurant uh, not far from here called Good Days um, over on Sydney Road. Yeah. Um, just to kind of get a, a Southeast Asian flavor that would accompany uh, the foods well. Um, and I kind of thought it was going to be. I, th- I kind of thought we'd keep brewing it for them, and occasionally we'd put it on tap here and that kind of thing. But uh, it proved proved univer- pretty universally popular, and so uh, we got in trouble every time we took it off tap. So now it's now it's uh, unapologetically part of our signature range, and and one of the it's it's the beer that we keep try to keep in cans all the time, yep. and try to not run out of stock of. And same with the kegs, like it's it's. Uh, I don't know. It just has a bit of a universal appeal because um, it's real fresh. It's just a really well balanced beer, um, if I say so myself. <laughs> 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 and it's just it's just very crisp and refreshing. And it's not like it's not trying to be an extreme flavor. It's not trying to be anything. It's not. But it just it just works really well and it pairs really well with food as well. So we've had a lot of success. Um, we don't do a huge amount of wholesale, but we've had a lot of success with restaurants, especially um, Asian restaurants, uh, getting that onto their beer list.
1: So good. Yeah, I might pause it. I've broken the uh, seal. Uh-oh. So, and we're back. <laughs> Sorry about that. No worries. Uh, upon going to the loo, mm. I'm just wondering, do people get to choose where the plaques are at?
0: <laughs> I know which bathroom you want to, man. Yeah. Uh, Amateur that,
1: plaque enthusiast?
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, was that Chris? Yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, people get to. Uh, we try to put the plaques where people sit the most. Ah, um, is generally where we try to put it. Um, but we do. We do let people put have it, people have input into where they'd like it. Sure. And depending depending on um, depending on the the situation and the request, we, we try to we try to accommodate occasionally. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. So yeah. Chris.
1: Ap- apologies, but those fucking neeper's from uh, Co-Conspirator, the uh, matriarch mm. neeper just went through me. I had a couple mm. during lunch. <laughs> had a sit-down pike. was quite nice. So. That's a classic beer. Classic oh, beer. Love a Nipah. I don't know what it is about it, but you get, like, the sweetness, the thickness. It's just a real sessionable brew. Yeah, And yeah, you're going to sleep well at night. Because
0: so. <laughs> of the hop content? Or oh, no?
1: 100%. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, I noticed on your website that you connect with customers through events such as the Brunswick Beer Crawl. Uh, has this helped build relationships and potentially collaborate with other breweries? or
0: um, Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the Brunswick Beer Crawl, we, we've been – I think this is the third one we've done because COVID mucked it up a couple of years. Um, Spicy cough. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's basically where, where we're located, we're sort of a – we're a five-minute walk from Brunswick Station. Sure. Um, but we're like a 10-minute walk from Sydney Road and probably not from the busiest section of Sydney Road necessarily necessarily um, so we basically we've got there's a few things going on out this way but the Brunswick Brewery Crawl is a good way to get people who, who live in the area or don't know the area to kind of come away from the high street to check out kind yeah. of the more off the beaten path 100% venues so we're, we're tucked away side street off a of side street but um, there's another, bre- another brewery 10 minutes well Coke and Spirit has opened up uh, a year and a half ago now I think um, and they're just around the corner like five minute walk and then, like further but further away from Sydney Road than we are. And then, if you keep going, there's another brewery called Foreigner that um, has a real, really good vibe. Really nice guys there. Solid beers um, that people just, you know, even though they've been there for probably going on seven years now, like people still haven't made it there or yeah, or wow. tried the beers there. And so the the Brunswick Brewery crawl was. We've always tried to use it to get just pull people away to see like, oh, there's actually you can like have a bit of a night out here. Yeah. And outside of the breweries, there's Jazz Lab around the corner and there's a solid old-school old pub, The Vic, um, on the corner and um, a very popular um, Mexican restaurant, uh, Los Hermanos uh, Taqueria, which, which, who do a killer trade and do killer tacos. Hell yeah.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, since you don't have a kitchen, mm. obviously you encourage that takeaway trade.
0: Yeah, so we, we have a BYO food policy. Yeah. yeah I've never wanted to run a kitchen, never wanted to run a restaurant it's never wanted to a, get distracted mess, by that uh, kind of stuff
1: and that's the running theme like with craft breweries is that food's a massive issue mm. and it's so almost sort of declaring a partnership with the uh small food vendors nearby yeah and hey we'll support you, bring your food to us and our
0: yeah and it's sort of a uh, it's sort of like so we get our our most our staple like so we try to you can order anything and you want. You can bring anything you want, but we we do... Th- you can also order through mm-hmm. us food from the pub around the corner, mm-hmm. the Vic Hotel. Uh, so if you want to get a parma, you can get a parma. If you want to get a big thing of hot chips to share, you can get a big thing of hot chips. So that's, so that's been really... We've been doing that for... Or pretty much coming since we came out of COVID, I think. Um, that's been... We've had that running. And that's really good in, like, uh, to sort of share the love of in the neighborhood. Cause, you know, people can come here and if they want to drink our beer and still... You know, keep the kitchen busy over there, or people can go over there, and our beer's usually on tap at the pub, so they can drink yep. our beer there if they want to want to sit sit and watch the footy because we don't have any TV screens in yep. our venue. Um, but yeah, but uh, f- yeah, it's you, we're already making the beer, so to have to worry about making the food would be
1: another issue within itself.
0: Another issue, yeah, and then and then people are coming for the like. You look at it's actually funny if you look at like Google reviews and Facebook reviews of breweries that have kitchens. Like half the low reviews are because of the food. Yeah. And like the last thing you want to be doing is like trying to run a top class restaurant when really what you should, should be focused on the beer. That's you
1: know? it. Like, and it comes back to that bandwidth. Like, there's only X amount that you can really concentrate on and execute yeah. really well without dropping the ball.
0: Yeah. yeah and exactly. if
1: beer is your primary focus, surely the reviews should be dismissed if it's about the food, mm. in theory, because all you're really looking to do is line the stomach before you know knocking back four or five pints.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wish I wish we would get more food trucks, but um, because we're off a side street, off of a side street, they don't get any foot E-exposure traffic. Exposure is yeah, tough. Yeah, so they're relying com- completely on who we have at the pub on I the given I could almost
1: night. see it being a strength though. Because it is an enclosed area, like
0: No, it's good. It's like
1: outside of the uh, elements, which, you know, wind wouldn't necessarily be much of an issue because mm. of how enclosed it is, but you know, you could line up three or four food trucks on that one
0: more yeah but it's one of those things you have to it's sort of people need to you, it's you don't if you, people aren't walking by knowing it's there you Marketing. sort of you suddenly yeah. have to it's that you have to launch something like that and yeah. make it like this is a food truck like center and then the and then you, you're not going to get three food trucks because they're not going to have to compete with two other people you yeah. know like gotcha like that that's what sort a of model's been done a couple of times like that's welcome to brunswick that's welcome to thornbury yeah um but most of the food trucks or like some they always have food trucks that they themselves own So they can guarantee they're going to have the food, like at least some food trucks there. Gotcha. Um, Whereas if you're if you're relying on someone else to come and something else, like the the issue with food trucks is if they're going to come, not be in an event, um, they want to be able to get some food foot traffic as well, or they're going to go to where they can get the best night, which makes sense. Like that's why they're mobile. And so they might say like, oh yeah, definitely want to come down that day when you're going to be busy, but then they might get elsewhere, get a better offer. Might be signed up for a wedding or something. So I wish. I wish there were more options out there because I'd, like I'd like to have a more regular rotation of food trucks for sure. Yep. So if there's any food trucks listening to Drinks With Jackson, uh, give us an email.
1: Shout-outs. <laughs> Shout-outs plug. <laughs> yeah. uh, how do you approach beer tasting and educating your customers?
0: Um, <coughs> we keep it relatively casual. Um, so we, have, we do serve tasting paddles, and we're happy to give people a taste of a beer before they buy as well, like a small taste, because um, we don't want people to get something they're not going to be happy with. Um, and... Uh, but, uh, all the bar staff are pretty into the beers and, uh, and are pretty knowledgeable about each of the beers. And we also have a, um, we try to keep up to date on the bar. We've got like some more detailed beer, uh, beer tasting notes. Someone wants to dig deeper into a beer style or into, um, the hops that we're using a certain beer there. If it'll usually be in the beer notes. Um, that's the main way we do it basically. Just look like, mainly the main, probably the main thing is our bar staff are, um, all keen for a chat and happy to dis- discuss the beers and yeah. so you can actually have that interaction you're not just googling it on un- untapped and figuring out what you can figure out from, that. Right from there yeah, yeah.
1: hey uh, what do you attribute your sec- success to so obviously going from structural engineer to a day or two work experience here or there at a brewery mm. like to this monstrosity <laughs> like it's crazy how big this place is like if you're ever in Brunswick I seriously uh, encourage you to come here, it's, uh, it's, it's 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 large. It <laughs> thanks. <laughs> it's, it's large.
0: <laughs> um, it's not that big. It might give people the wrong impression. Um, like we've got some big tanks. We got some big fermenters now. Um, but we twenty five hundred. No, no. The, the biggest the biggest one there is uh, sixteen hundred. Okay, I'm a um, thousand off. Yeah. Uh, well, seventeen hundred, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard to estimate volume looking at a, a conical fermenter. Like it's if you, cause, I mean if you add an extra hundred mil. To the girth it adds a lot of liters you know so yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. hard like i cannot do it um, but yeah so we've got a 500 liter to 800 liter brew house yeah and that's what we've had since day one but like it's been a work in progress since we opened like like um like when we first opened there was no furniture there was some a few stools and some kmart coffee table like lightweight coffee tables are still floating around the venue somewhere yeah and we had those two the two smallest fermenters were the only fermenters we had and so it was that the, the bar seating along the brewing area there was not there it was just I think I quickly strung up some ropes to keep people out and so it was just this big empty floor uh so there's always always plans to to get more tanks as we grew but uh but yeah like we've been open for over five years now and I'm I'm like this May is venue improvement month and I'm still I've built most of the stuff in here so I'm still taking time on like in in winter mostly now doing like oh i think we want to add another booth table so yep. uh, so i'm currently got like a booth table drying in the back and a coffee table for for the cozy corner which is relatively new you yep. know <laughs> the, the couch and stuff up in the front corner oh see um but yeah so yeah no it's uh, i don't success i think mainly the main thing is we just we don't try to be something we're not yep. like we just original from day one like we just i brew the beer I, i've always brewed beers i've wanted to brew and i you know, I do the best job I can and we're not trying to take over the world or, or, or solidify national distribution. And, um, it's like, it was, it's, you know, it's an entirely self-funded project on a shoestring budget. So I, I just, you know, definitely just had to rely on the beer being good. And also, and also in the, in the, you know, personal connections you make with people over the bar and that kind of thing. And like, it's, we are talking about it five years down where I don't work the bar regularly anymore, but like that, it's like, I, I feel somehow over the years that, uh, that sort of, uh, culture of, of FaceTime, like real in life FaceTime, um, yeah. I've get, gotten passed from me to, uh, to venue manager, to bar staff, to, yeah, and we just, and we try to keep it pretty relaxed around here, but that's I think, it. I think that's, and, and fundamentally we run a relatively lean crew, like two guys do all the brewing like one and a half guys really do all the brewing work and yep. and uh and we run a pretty lean crew so that means we can you know could make enough save up enough money to buy some more tanks and yep. upgrade our glycol and it uh, it's, it's, it's it's been a long a lot of years of just putting everything back into the business. I think that's the other thing. It's just being committed to I'm not trying to I'm not trying to I'd love to make lots of money out of this place, but I'm not trying to. I'm trying to It'd make, be
1: hard if you had to pay shareholders and you weren't able to put all that money back into the business.
0: It'd be hard if you were servicing a big debt or needed to pay oh, shareholders massively. or yes. or and I'm very fortunate my wife makes makes good money so like I don't I don't need to I don't have the stress of being like this, like the primary breadwinner of the house or anything like yeah. that. And that's um, the
1: beauty of the twenty first century, in that like women can be a breadwinner as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like all egos aside, you're mm. a partnership.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you no, know, like
1: it, it comes down to that team. You know, being a team.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We only we didn't get we only got married not that long ago, but uh, we've been together for like. A decade, and uh, it's kind of funny that now, even more officially, it's half her brewery as well. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> it, you said she was, she was creative director at the beginning of the days, but then she got too busy at work, so she gets pulled away from it. But um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, so now it's kind of funny that yeah, it is a bit of is absolutely it's 100% a hundred percent partnership. Yep. Like, yeah,
1: awesome man. Yeah. Uh, do you offer any seasonal or limited edition brews?
0: Yeah, we rotate our beers regularly, so yep. we've got twelve taps, and this is actually the first calendar year where. I'm tr- making an effort to keep our signature beers on tap most of the time, yeah. Because it kind of got carried away last year, where uh, you'd come in and we'd only have two of our core beers on tap and ten, ten seasonals. Um, so I'm trying to trying to uh, tweak that a little bit so that we have our, our six signature core range beers yeah, on tap cubes. most of the time, yep. And then uh, and then four four five seasonals that rotate um, pretty regularly, sure. And then we have one tap that is reserved for single keg batches. Gotcha. So we do the more experimental stuff. Or, or from the brewing side of things, sometimes we want to just tweak one little thing and we want to see how it is, yep. how to affect like one of our bigger batch beers. So like at the moment, you, I think you're, at the moment, we've got a single keg called Expressions of Leuve, um Unadulterated Lurst. Yeah. Um, and that's just a slight tweak on our Lurve IPA. Uh, sure. where we hopped it different we dry hopped it differently and we just so brewed the beer at the same day pulled aside a keg worth, dry hopped it differently to try it out um uh i think there was might have been different whirlpool hops as well we did we did a few different variations um and that way we can quickly check to see like oh do we want to do we want to next time we do the, a big batch of this beer do we want to take account take account for those changes or if we're you know if we're playing with a new yeast we can we can do a single keg of that yeast yeah um Na- na- I, I think that's your door? neighbors
1: jamming out. To be honest, that's not us, right, Joe?
0: No. Joe's focused. Yeah, it must be our neighbors jamming.
1: Is that the neighbors, Joe. Yeah, sure is. Gee whiz!
0: Yeah, we're ne- we're next door to over. They're killing it. <laughs> we're next door to a rehearsal <laughs> recording studio. Um, and then
1: you got the production studio on the other corner.
0: Uh, yeah, like a video production studio. Yeah, yeah. Gee whiz. so it's a good little creative creative sector creative space, yeah for sure. yeah no it's good it's a good neighborhood yeah 100%. um but yeah yeah so the single kegs that's where we get the like they're fun it's they're just good fun to like we can do really crazy shit and if it doesn't work out like leave it on for a couple of for a weekend and then yeah we haven't had to do this yet but leave it on for a weekend and if you're like yeah no it didn't work out and everyone's had a chance to taste it now like it can, you can take the last 20 liters off you and- can
1: yeah, which is fair, like it, not everything's going to be a winner mm. and it's all about mitigating the losses at the same time.
0: Yeah, well, you know, nothing nothing ventured, nothing gained. Like, That's You it. need to be willing to take risks and it's not going to work out every time.
1: That's it, 100%. Uh, I know we spoke about Gabs a little early on. Yeah. Do you have anything for Gabs this year?
0: No, this is the first year we're not doing anything at all with Gabs. As a vendor. As a vendor, yeah. So we're, but we're, uh, most of us are gonna gonna make it there because um, okay. it's not far away, yeah. and it's to be honest, it's much more fun to drink there than to be involved in it. <laughs> it always is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, 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 we 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 every, yeah. So every year we've done that. It's happened. There's obviously it obviously missed a, at least one year, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've done the the container brew, like the one-off brew for the container bars. And we've had a, a stand there as well. But uh, last year we did a lot of beer festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, a lot for us anyways. Probably did about five different beer festivals, ranging mm-hmm. from ones that are really local to um, like one in Bendigo and things like that. And Yeah, you went there last time for the Bendigo
1: Beer Fest, where?
0: Well, there's a couple of different ones in Bendigo, so it depends yeah. which one, one we're talking Bendigo about. Bendigo
1: Beer and Cider, maybe. Is it the one in the
0: Oval or the...
1: No, not, not in the uh, aerodrome, the one at the racetrack.
0: Yeah. Um, Where were you? I think it's called Bendigo. I think it is called Bendigo Beer and Cider
1: Yeah, Bendigo Beer and Cider. I think they upgraded last time to the race course.
0: Okay, because they used to be at like the...
1: The aerodrome. Yeah. That was before the Spicy Cough, I think, mm. potentially.
0: No, I like that. I, I do like that. I li- We like that festival because it was relatively small amount of paperwork leading up to it, and you could drive up right to where you were setting up, set up.
1: And that's the same, honestly. Keep your ear out for the Longwood Mm. Beer Festival. Oh, yeah. Because it's the same, like... And all the vendors usually get on the piss afterwards and you sort of camp where you're you're trading, so...
0: Yeah, so we we did a lot of beer festivals last year and it was, like, they're they're good fun to a degree. Um, But uh, you definitely... I don't know if it's because we were coming out of COVID or or, or what, but um, basically, you're not making. It's, it's a promotional activity. Yeah, I, like I it, understand the sales it, aren't there. Yeah, the sales aren't there. It's usually you're usually coming coming up short, even if you do really good trade at like Gabs. Like last year, we kept records of everything, and if I paid myself normal bar staff wages, we would have been out of, a lot. we would have been out of pocket a couple of grand, right? Sure. And that, but that's that's just one cost. The other cost is all the time and energy. And you got to have a whole whole other crew who can work the stall down there whilst your venue's staying open. So you sort of need to have enough casual staff on hand to kind of yep. handle that. And it it sort of really uh, splits your focus. And so, and we don't we don't ha- again we don't have like super wide distribution or national distribution. So like we're we're when we go to these things, we're really uh, well we're going to to hang out with the other breweries a bit, but we're also going to get try to get people to come check us out in Brunswick. Yeah, and um, we figured we did enough of them um that uh, this year we'd take a break and f- sit, use all that extra time to focus on focus on our number one priority which is making this place the best we, we can make it and yeah. uh, and for me this year it's trying to get more wholesales uh, in our when i say wholesale i mean very high like as locally as i can find it find some more places to get it on tap or or onto restaurant lists uh, restaurant menus and stuff like that
1: yeah sure yeah of course uh are there any upcoming releases or special events you're particularly uh, excited about
0: uh we don't really do releases we just put the beer on tap we're we're really not about the hype (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's sort of what the the name of the the hazy pail you're drinking kind of indicates it's called zero accolades because we've never entered an awards competition uh i understand why people do them and i understand you can get good good feedback from the industry by doing them in terms of like the quality of a beer but a lot a lot of a lot of the reasons that breweries enter them every year don't, again, we don't have a huge amount of, of distribution. So, and we don't have, we're not trying to attract investors and we don't have shareholders to please. And we're not trying to sell the business. So like we don't, there's not really, and they, and they cost money to enter. Um, yeah. um, so there's not really
1: quite misleading too, I Mm. find like, uh, there's a gin distillery just outside of Shepparton and, uh, they won a couple of awards in the London gin award whatever yeah. they do but no one locally wants to drink their beer uh drink drink their mixes <laughs> right. or, or or their gin sorry it's imp- yeah so it, it can be misleading it's like but you know
0: i think fundamentally most people don't know how they work so like in the most of the beer awards you you, you got bronze silvers and gold awards right and then and then and like a gold is is great like fantastic so what, extremely good beer brewed to that style yeah. That's the other thing. It's very much you want to enter the beer into the right style, brew to that style. And there's the judging panel. They follow guidelines and strict rules. Like there's strict guidelines for that style. And they're sure. judging that beer against that guideline. Not like there's not a whole lot of room for I just love that beer. Yeah. You know? So there's that aspect of it. But in um, a silver, something, you know, something to be applauded as well. But like if you're not getting a bronze, um, there's something wrong with your beer basically like it's like there's a there's a there's a a fault or something or it was entered completely in the wrong style yeah so i don't think people i think people when they see oh it won a silver i won a bronze they're like oh it's like third place no that's not how it works um but like obviously that's it's understood in the industry um but also just like you know there's there's a lot of it's i have a bit of a gripe about this all the time there's a lot of like there's uh Brewing conferences and like industry conferences and award ceremonies and award nights and all these things. And it's like only big, like only bigger breweries can afford that shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know what you mean. Like to take, oh, I'm just going to fly up to Sydney and go to an award ceremony to yeah. like, because oh, we won why? some awards and like, and like rub elbows with other people in the industry. Yeah. And it's like, so like, no, I'm, I don't, I don't have time or money to do that. And it's not going to, and fundamentally, it's not going to help my business mm. and it's not going to, not going to, not well, going face team. in a
1: magazine, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, like I don't. I honestly think if we entered an award ceremony and won a sh- bunch of golds, like it would help us do. Like if I was trying to sell the business, yeah, great. So if you see us entering loads of awards, you know that I'm trying to sell the business. Okay, <laughs> that's the exit strategy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be one way to go about exiting. But um, but no, like uh, it just. I don't think it would help me with the restaurant down the road, yeah, you know, of course. or the bar or a bar around the corner. Like yeah, yeah, it's it it might help me sell beer in Perth but I'm not trying to sell beer in Perth, you know.
1: Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Hey, uh, any future plans? Uh, are there any new beers or expansions on the horizon?
0: Um, uh, well, uh, yeah, so you asked about events earlier. We've got um, the Brunswick Brewery call we talked about earlier coming up uh, next Friday. We've got uh, a random uh, beer, cheese, and chip pairing. We're teaming up with a local... Chappy chips, they are uh, great, the, as the, in crisp. The dill chips, yeah, the dill. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got we're doing a a three way pairing, which I guess you would call a threesome, um, <laughs> uh, on the thirty first of May. Okay. Um, so that's like a, and again, that's just, you know, Harry Harry who runs Chappy's Chips used to be chef at Thunder Road Brewery, and so and Matt's the you know our local cheese guy, and so it's just a yeah, just just get together and do it. We're not worried about we're not worried about making money out of it. We just want to have a good time and 100%. and eat cheese, chips, and beer. Um, so that's, that's something else coming up. And, uh, we're doing a pop-up at Preston Market this Sunday, uh, doing a dumpling and beer matching with Shandong Mama, um, who are in the city. And I think they've got another location as well. Um, that'll be fun. So we've got a few little things like that. Um, beer releases. We've got a really good skin talk, skin contact Saison that, um, we just kegged, um, last week. Yeah. And, uh, it's going to be on It'll probably be on tap at Workshop Bar in the city before it's on tap here because we're waiting for, we've got to get rid of one of our beers bef- to free up a tap for it. Um, but it's, uh, we got um, fre- like pressed giallo grapes from uh, Little Brunswick Wine Company, Tidy Town, that, that winemaker, yeah. um, who are very popular in the area. But um, they, uh, they dropped off a bunch of the fermented pressed grapes uh, and so we sat the saison on those grapes for a, a couple of weeks, and it's just got a really nice, crisp, delicate, f- um, fruity, floral flavor of just a a really small amount of funkiness going on there. So it's just just enough, just as much as you want. But yeah. uh, so that's coming out soon. But nice. yeah, but yeah, like we, we, we bring in on new beers all the time. We've got a uh, like an English bitter, an amber ale that we've never brewed before in the tanks. Um, yeah,
1: hell yeah. Hey, uh, what advice would you give to aspiring brewers or those looking to start a brewery? Don't?
0: <laughs> I, I get asked I, I, because, because I, I've been asked this a lot over the years. And Have I think you really? Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course, because cause I, I, the system we used is a 500-litre is a Spiegel Browmeister.
1: So it is achievable, like barrier to entry as far as... Oh, yeah,
0: so like, it's nothing, nothing like, your, your dreams are the limit, but um, I would say uh, the industry's changed a lot in the last five years. Sure. Um, and so seven years ago, you could probably start a glorified, it depends where you are and it depends on what you're doing. And, and, and like, I think there's still a lot of potential in, in, uh, uh, speaking locally, like in regional Victoria, there's still a lot of potential and in, in Melbourne, certain suburbs and areas, there's still a lot of potential, but it's a very much more busy in the last five years. Like it's just a much busier space. Yeah, And so, um, I did a little research before this as well. I listened to one of your, your previous podcasts. Oh, which one? And, uh, uh, who was it? Um, I can't actually remember who it was with now. It was good, though. I enjoyed it. Um, but they were talking about uh, essentially peak beer hype perhaps passing.
1: Wildlife, maybe. One of those guys. I don't
0: think it was wildlife. Um, oh, I can't remember now. doesn't matter. We'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe in Bendigo?
1: Uh, East Bendigo Brewing Co. East, Bre- East yeah, Bendigo Brewing Co. as far Co. as the seltzer, like, their seltzer I've tried since, and it's lovely. But oh, right, the yeah. fact that they're not putting the time and energy, like, honestly, um, before today, East Bendigo Brewing Co. was probably my favourite brewery, you know, just the way they walked through. It's only Doug uh, Doug and Roy. Mm. Um, and they're both from two different parts that sort of joined after the spicy cough. Mm. Um, but yeah, just the way they conduct themselves and the sheer quality of their beer.
0: Um, but yeah, no, I think, I, think, I think a lot's changed. Like if you opened up a brewery five, six years ago, uh, everyone would be super excited and stoked about it. Broadsheet would be like pounding on your door being like, yeah. can we take photos and write an article about it? Nowadays, breweries are opening up constantly and you, 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 even someone who tries to keep a finger to the pulse um, can't keep up. Like you just, you, you find out about new ones all the time. Um, and... On the plus side, you have a market that's been inducted into craft beer. So everyone understands craft beer a lot more these days and appreciates a range of styles. Um, You don't need to – there's a lot less – this is in Melbourne at least. There's a lot less educating that needs to be done when you open up a new brewery. But I would say the expectations have also gone up. So if you're opening up a small brewery now, like there's a – like when I opened up like after the opening night, we – sold off all the pilot kegs on the opening night and so we had one beer on tap for like three weeks because (laughs) we only had one beer in the tanks of one of the two tanks and I kegged it and that was what we had until the next beer was ready to go Yeah, Um, I don't, like you could probably it'd be challenging I think to get away with opening up, in Melbourne at least, opening up a brewery on on such a tight budget like I did five years ago where um People were, I think, were a lot more forgiving because, um, because it, they they weren't spoiled for choice the way they are now yeah. in the early days. And so I think I think now, if you were to open a brewery, you'd want to have double the money I had back in the day, and you'd want to have um, you'd want to have a lot more experience working on bigger. They want to try to have a little bit more experience working on bigger kit before you start brewing on your bigger kit, and you'd want to have um, some recipes, some pretty some scalable recipes ready to go. Um, you want to have the brewing experience, I think, to a degree, or, the, ha- or hire a brewer.
1: This wasn't a question, mm. like, listed, but do you think when you're placed in a position of that, actually having a couple of guest taps would favour you quite heavily as far as, you know, if you are out of beer because it's all in tanks because you've had a couple of massive weeks. Mm. Like, that's where sort of – it's not a collab. No, you can totally, you're al- yeah. You're almost sort of –
0: yeah, no, I, I, that, and that, that works. Um, that works well if you, this is why I'm saying there's, there's opportunities out there. Like yeah. it, it, location is key, super key. Yeah. Um, I've always had the strategy of being hyper-local. Sure. Um, and I think now that's even more important because I, I, I kind of looked at what was happening overseas and all the breweries opened up. And I knew when I opened up, there were like three other breweries in Brunswick. Now there's like seven other breweries, you know, and that's yeah. just in five years. Like we've had a, a brewery a year basically open up um and uh so i think he just if you can operate if you could find a location where you could just operate as a bar mm. um then that's a that's a good that's a very good way to to consider if a location will work because like so far like there's a brewery in uh, north melbourne that most a lot of people wouldn't have heard of called twang twang brewing um like a banjo string um and they they've got a 200 liter uh, brownmeister setup and wow. Uh, very small cellar capacity. So they very rarely have their beer available. Um, they're supposed to give us a keg. We did a keg swap, and I'm, I'm, still, I'm still hoping to get the keg off theirs. And so they basically have lots of guest taps. And yeah. uh, they're, they're great guys. And it's, um, so you can go to the bar and they've got eight, eight, like 10 beers on tap or something like that. But, uh, but I, th- I think you want to make fundamental... Like, that can work, basically. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's opportunity for that. What I find is when I do put guest taps on... Um, It needs to be something. It needs to be something that fills a gap that isn't on the rest. Like we can't just put on somebody else's pale ale.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. It needs to be fulfill a need.
0: Yeah, because when people come here, they're coming here to drink our beer, and so often we put guest taps on. They move a bit slow, not because there's anything wrong with the beer, but because they're like, "Well, I'll just go to that brewery, sure, to try that beer." So, or maybe that's maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. I'm doing getting getting guest beers from too close too close to home. Maybe I should be getting guest beers in from further away. But yeah.
1: Oh good mate. But yeah, well, we've man. got
0: we've got a bunch of keg swaps that uh, I'm just waiting for. Like, uh, Issues is we don't have. Weight, we don't have space on our taps either. So like, yeah. uh, like uh, we've got I've got I I need to get two kegs off Temple Brewing. I need a keg off the mill, and I've got Twang. Those are the four, keg, four, four guest kegs I'm, four I'm waiting to put on. No, yeah, see. easy. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, where can listeners see or hear more from you and your team?
0: Uh, so just follow t- follow our Instagram's That's the way to keep up with what we're doing. Is that
1: it just Inner North Beer on all socials?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At and Inner North Beer.
1: Yep. Yeah. And 10A Russell Street in Brunswick. Yeah. That's come, where you're at.
0: Come check us out. Follow and follow. We're pretty much do everything on via Instagram these awesome. days. Yeah. We dabbled with YouTube a little bit, but pulling back on that now. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> all good. And unless you want to lend us this setup, we might do more more stuff.
1: <laughs> Easy, Zach. Uh, <laughs> thanks for your time, mate. Thanks mate. Cheers. Man. Yeah. Easy.